Dude, there's nothing I would change about the Burger King Grill Dog. Same. Nothing I would change either. They're made with 100% beef. They got the grill marks on there. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like, um, uh, grilled dogs, oh. grilled dogs. Get a grilled dog now at Burger King, starting at just $1.99. Price and participation vary. Life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Hello and welcome. This is Jillian Moss-Backman, and this is Change Already with Jillian. I hope you've been playing along because we are now going to do episode four of my summer series with Jillian that I've been working on in the last couple of weeks. Episode three, I went back and listened to it, of course, and just kind of took all of it in. And it was a very good show about diversity, what's going on, and how to use your practical everyday uses for personal intuition. I think it's especially important that we tap into our own intuition with what's going on in the world, seeing how episodes are happening everywhere with violence and aggression towards people that are trying to get us off-centered. I mean, that's the whole goal, isn't it? It's the idea that we don't love each other and we turn on each other and we replace love with hatred and aggression with compromise and vice versa. And that's always going to be a part of the society that we're in now. And it's always going to be in transition of getting along and not getting along and learning lessons along the way. And eventually we settle back down to a place where at least we're working with one another, but a flux of transition, people that don't want us to move forward or people that don't want us to get along, don't want us to believe in each other. And I think we really have to find our center, and I believe intuition, especially at this time in the moment that we're in, is even more important. So that's why the lessons in episode three that I did last week on personal intuition is even more important nowadays. If we allow ourselves to get caught up in the rest of what's going on and we lose sight of love and peace and calm and trust, we'll eventually step away from that personal intuition and the further that we get away from it, the easier it is to reconnect with unhealthy thoughts. So please go back and listen to that series, episode three. You can find it on my webpage at jillianmossbackman.com, J-I-L-L-I-A-N-M-A-A-S-B-A-C-K-M-A-N.com. It's posted on Twitter and Facebook, and it's also at Imagine Publicity, M-I Imagine. I'm imagining this, imaginepublicity.com with Delilah. Good morning, Delilah. Good morning. And I'm so happy that you brought up last week's show because it was 
just a powerful show, plus the fact that and and it, all of them at the end or wrapping up the shows, you've been able to give exercises for listeners to do, you know, just something short and simple, but but also very powerful. Well, thank you. That's one of the things I always try to do in all of my sessions that I have with people, whether that's in person, uh, video chat, or even at the the talks that I give. I always try to leave people with some kind of exercises or different things they can do to tap in their own intuition because that's the point of the exercise, (laughs) so to speak. This week, oh, Delilah, it's a good thing I love you. We're going to be discussing my favorite topic, which is psychic versus intuition. Let me start out by saying it's a very touchy subject for me, but I think it's an important subject that we need to discuss because there's so many misconceptions out there about what I do and how I maneuver through my own sessions and what people that work with me end up getting. And so Delilah and I want to explore this topic about the connection that I believe we all have in the subconscious. And it's the unconscious part of ourselves that we want to talk about today that mind-body-spirit connection of the equation that you, that's unseen and it doesn't have rules and you can't really figure out what it's going to do. But whether people believe in it or not, it's a part of all of ourselves. And there's a lot of people in the world that have what's called the gift. And the gift is the ability to help others find this part of themselves the unseen, the unconscious, the intuitive side of ourselves. But over the centuries, it's kind of gotten a bad rap by lots of different people for a plethora of reasons of why they don't want people to understand it or want to be fearful of this side of ourselves. So I want to delve into this whole unconscious part of ourselves, the extrasensory perception that it's called. A lot of people have lots of different names for it. We've all heard them throughout history. Fortune teller, mystic, paranormal, magic, medium, intuitive, psychics, all these different labels to put onto something that people really sometimes have a misunderstanding about and actually a fear. So when we before we jump into this, Delilah, have you seen that new picture that someone posted on Facebook and Twitter all over where this person was on a motorcycle and they were in an accident? And it looks like this, you know, vision, uh, uh, kind of a silhouette on the on the photograph, spiritual silhouette of this man going up towards the heavens. Have you seen it? I have seen that. And yeah, there's, uh, it's quite interesting to look at, but I've also seen a lot of controversy about it. People explaining several different ways that it could happen. 
that maybe it is the spirit that we're seeing. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just a poof of smoke. So, you know, being on the Internet, we never know. I know. And I was looking at that thinking about the show this morning and this afternoon and how it's one of those things that we're talking about, like people can't put their head around it, but even when they have a vision, it's still controversial. It's still uh, a topic of is it real or isn't it real? And I think that's part of the mystic part of this whole conversation that we're having so I think it's very important that we start from the beginning, Delilah, and make a conversation and talk about what a psychic or medium or intuition is and what's the difference. Absolutely. Now, one question, do you consider all of these labels? I mean, here we're back talking about labels again. Yeah. Um, and words and the power of words, which seems to be the theme that that has been brought up throughout this whole series. Um, but would you consider all of these labels under the label of ESP or extrasensory perception? Is is that is that true or or not? Or is there an explanation? Well, I can honestly tell you that I have been called all of these names and even unnice names, you know, for what I've done. And I've put a lot of thought to what I consider myself under and identify most with the word intuitive. And the reason I say that is several things. When I think of the word psychic or medium, I, too, kind of fall into that category of tchotchke. I know, don't write me, don't tell me that it's bad. But that, because that word has been drawn into and connected with more of an outward gratification, things that people are searching for, like physical things, cars, houses, money, those kind of things. To me, the psychic has the idea of, you know, sitting at a table and, you you know, doing chants and things like that. And I think that that's okay if you don't plan your life by it. I think the deciding factor in a lot of times in my own work is that when I do my sessions with people and, and talks, it's more about using it as a blueprint in your life to change things. And I think when you go to fortune tellers or you go to mediums, when you connect with the dead, and and of course I do a little of that myself, but I think people get caught up in the Hollywood part, and I talk to this a lot, about the messages that are coming through and here, here's some revelations, everyone. Everybody is, for the most part, happy on the other side when they pass over. And if you'll notice, a lot of those people always say, well, they need to tell you they're very happy. They're happy that they're there. Well, of course they are, because that's the whole goal of the exercise. Go to a place from to above and not be happy. 
and then they'll say, well, you know, you have a book on a corner, and 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 and, and that's to verify that they know what they're doing. But then it seems like they stop there, Delilah, like they don't go past it. Like, you know, they say that they love the locket that you wear on Tuesday mornings going to the mall. And I don't really see how that helps a person other than keeping the connection alive. And I think a lot of times that's what people are looking for when they go to these different mediums or psychics or fortune tellers, that they're looking for confirmation of their connection with people from the other side or they're making their own decisions and they just want to check in to make sure. Does that make sense? Well, it does to me. And also the fact that, you know, the term psychic has has earned itself a not so good reputation in this day and age of of new age thinking and, and all of that stuff. And I, I guess exactly as you've explained, it seems to, there are people out there who live by it, who won't make a decision without consultation of their psychic or, you know, won't, um, won't go into a, a relationship or, or won't make a, a purchase. Um, they, they need that verification. However, it seems like there was a time when, you know, you could, they had advertisements on TV and, and all of this, and people were calling in to get their fortune told. It seems like it, it's gone more, or that end of it went more to a fortune-telling sort of situation where they kind of lost their credibility, in my estimation. And I think the misuse of of those psychic abilities, whether some of these people even had them or not, um, has caused the whole the whole label to to kind of take a bad turn, don't you think? I really do. And what's sad about it, Delilah, is that it's such an important tool. Using your own tuition, and that's what we're talking about, which is the unconscious, and there's people in the world that are able to tap into that easier than other people, which I include myself in that category, when you think of psychics now, for some reason, it really got paired with the paranormal, you know, and, and these ghost stories and psychics going through buildings and, you know, and, and when you start talking about the paranormal, now, do I like a ghost story? Absolutely. Do I like listening to that stuff? Absolutely. But I don't pin my life on those kind of things. And I think, the paranormal has a place in research, but it's gotten to the point, like you said, that it's almost absurd. And so it lends well, it's become a, entertainment. Yeah, that's the word right there. And I think, yeah, it's, it's entertainment, just like the TV psychics were in their day. It, it was strictly entertainment um, and not necessarily using the tool to its best advantage, in my opinion. Well, and yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, but the problem is is that when people see that as entertainment, Delilah, they immediately put that stroke of brush of entertainment on all of us. 
So when that happens, you know, I get lumped into the same kind of category as people on TV. And I think what happens is a lot of people get very desperate for information. And so they go out and seek someone. I call them psychic seekers or, you know, people, they'll keep going to psychic after psychic or, you know, medium after medium till they find the answers they want to hear. And instead of going to an intuitive like myself, and I always tell everybody, in my sessions, be ready to hear the whole truth because I really believe as an intuitive, I've got to tell all the story. And in the end, the the whole idea is that we use my abilities with your abilities and we pool them together and eventually make a map or a, a place of where we're going next using intuition in a healthy manner. In other words, we look at the whole thing and, you know, we just don't look at the fun part of the intuitive session. We look at the whole part so you can make an adult decision of where you want to go. So I think when you start talking about psychics and you talk about mediums, people get obsessed. So they go to the ones that tell them the answers. And then the second part is, or they'll just keep going because it's, that's the fun part. They don't want to do the stuff that the psychic or medium or fortune teller, and in my case, into an intuitive counselor, an intuitive consultant tells them to do, they don't do it. So they well, just want to do the fun the- part. Yeah, that's one of the biggest differences that I see is the fact that, you know, usually people will go to a psychic to gather information. They want to know. They have a question. They they have a decision to make or, or whatever life change they're thinking about. So they want to go to a psychic to verify their decision or to see what that person sees for them. If they make it this way, here, here's what's going to happen. If you make it this way, this is what's going to happen. So it's kind of that instant gratification that they want to walk away with. However, and because I've been in sessions with you and I know how they work and how it operates, especially with you, I don't know about other intuitive consultants, but I do know about you. And it's more of a development of your own abilities so that, you know, you can save your money and not get tea leaves read. You can actually tap into the own, uh, your own sensibilities that everyone has, that everyone is born with and, and develop it that way. Just like, just like your body, you got to exercise it. You have to do, do these things to, to make sure that you have your best intuitive health. Very good point. You know, when you come and have a session with me, they're about working. It's not about playing. Now, do we have a lot of fun? Yes, we do. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not all business all the time. I mean, you know, there's funny things that come up. But I think the difference in going to someone at, let's say, a fair for 15 minutes or uh, a bookstore that has them in the back room for uh, 30 minutes a session, 
Now, I think what happens there is that they're relatively inexpensive. They're affordable for people. And it's fun. So they go and they have these short conversations and readings, as they're called. And then people, are they just get shoved out the door. And when you tell people extraordinary things, good or bad, in their lives, there's a repercussion to it. One of the things that I like to do with my clients is I build a relationship. In other words, I'm expecting us to have three or four sessions in a row because one of the things I work with is intuitive blocks. We all have blind spots. We all have areas that we can't see ourselves. And in my sessions, I really work on tapping in on those blind spots, the blockage areas that you can't see but the subconscious is feeling And I'm able to help you see through those. That is so, so important. And because as an intuitive, I look at a whole different way. In other words, all the senses that we have capacity, even the extrasensory perception parts that sometimes is more important than the other ones to move forward towards change. The other thing I want to talk about is that Like every profession, we have lots of people that do the same thing I do, whether they call themselves a psychic, an intuitive, a medium, a fortune teller. Everybody has options in all of their communities nowadays. When I started years ago, they were kind of behind doors, but now you can just find them anywhere you go, which is a great thing. I'm very happy about that. But I believe as a client and a consumer, you've got to be smart about it. Because in order for me to do a proper session, there's a level of vulnerability that comes with a client. You have to be willing to open your heart and your mind and be vulnerable to the person that's reading you. That's the part I don't think people understand is that clients come to me and they're shut off, blocked down. Don't, you know, they, they are people that want to take control and I won't get any, I won't get anything because they don't want me to be involved in that part of the energy exchange or they're too fearful, they don't trust, or they just don't know what they want. So when you're going out there to use a session with someone like myself, be open The second thing I want to say is that when I have a session, I always call and talk to people before they get there. Because the other thing I've seen in trends with everyone, with hundreds of clients that I've done, is that they do what's called the splatter effect. They want to come into my sessions and they want everything in an hour. Tell me everything I know in an hour. Because I want to get in as much information from me the intuitive that can be a part of their energy and read some things they need to know that that's just crazy. So when you go into a session, you have to narrow down your focus. 
think of a therapy session. Now, it's a different kind. I work on energy and movement of energy and and the subconscious part. But when you go into a therapy session, you have a specific reason of why you're going. When you go to certain people and you don't have that in your mind's eye of what you want, you're not going to get what you want and you're going to be more confused than when you went in there. Does that sound reasonable, Delilah? Oh, absolutely. When I think, you know, when when someone comes to someone like you, there's there has to be a seriousness that they want they have to want to make this change to make this development and it's a continuous work it's not it's not something that can be done in an hour um you know it has to be a continuous work it's kind of like signing up for a class you you come to class you have to be prepared and you will take away the knowledge and you will do something with it and isn't that the point? I mean, that's exactly why. The point. I mean, that's why the point of my work. You know, and when when you think of other professions, their specialties. I'm confused why people don't understand, even in the intuitive world, the medium world, the you know the world of the subconscious work. We all have specialties. When I first started, I tried to be everything to everyone. So whenever someone would come, I would do the splatter effect. I would work on, okay, let's go this direction and that direction and that direction. And by the time we were both done, we'd look at each other like, I'm more, my head is swimming in information and I have nowhere to go. So once I started working in the industry, and I think you need to shop around with intuitives, especially in the work that you do, you really have to find a person that lines up with what your goals are. So I learned along the way what my specialties were. And my specialties are working in business, finding your careers, and working in relationships. But I really like working in individual exploration and enhancement and growth. I really like working with individuals and pushing them to their fullest potential. That's my favorite stuff. Don't well, do... Go ahead. If someone is looking for a person like you, an intuitive consultant, how would you go about, let's say, interviewing, just like if you were going to find a therapist or a doctor, how, you you know, you, you do your background check. You I do anyway. I check them out and I, I get other people's opinions or however that's done. Or I may make a phone call and talk to someone in their office just to get a feel for it because you do get a feel for people and, and that's how you make that connection. So how would someone go about looking around? I mean, I'm sure nobody is really listed in the yellow pages. Maybe they are. <laughs> but how would someone go looking around and interviewing to make sure that they're making the, the right connection? Well, I think the first thing is what we're talking about. Really sit down and get quiet with yourself and ask 
why you're looking for somebody like me. What goals are you looking for? If you're looking for a new car, if you're looking for, you know, where should I go on vacation, you need to go to a more surface kind of person that works with those things. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just what they do. They they help people figure out how to get cars. They help people figure out, you know, how to get quick money, all that kind of stuff. So I would tell people Get really quiet on what you're looking for that person to help you complete yourself. Then the next thing is I would look on the net. I would look and see how long they've been in business, where they've been in business, what kind of referrals they have. Basically, the same kind of things you do when you're looking for uh, other practitioners in any kind of area. And then I would call and I would ask them. Here's the key, however. Do not call me and ask for a, a underground reading because that's what a lot of people do, Delilah. They'll call me and, and want me to start giving them information right off the bat when they talk to me. And I won't do that. And anybody that does that, when you make your initial contact, I would mark them off the, the list. The reason for that is because when I work, I really make a conscious effort to tap into someone else's energy. And when you call me up on the phone, who knows what I'm doing? I might be having a cup of coffee. I might be having, you know, when I'm, in working with a session, I need to be completely at your disposal of my mind, my body, and my spirit. So when someone makes a phone call to me, I go through the protocol of what you need to do as a client to work with me. Important part to the step. So the next thing is know what you need. Call and ask the person for an appointment. That's what you need to do. The other part to the story is call, ask for appointment, and in your mind, know that you're going to do at least three sessions. For me, the number three is very important because in three sessions, we can get accomplished what you're looking for. The majority of clients that come to me are either at a crossroads of what they need to change in their life or they're in crisis or they just want what I call an intuitive checkup. Now, those are three different elements and three different kinds of sessions that I offer. If we're in crisis, then we need to do it back to back to back something that gets you immediately out of the situation or gets you in a direction that's more healthy for you immediately. The second one, the three sessions, is more about, okay, we're making a plan, a life change plan. I want a different career. I want to get out of this relationship. I want to move. Where do I want to move? Where do I want to look? Those can be over a certain amount of time. And then the last one is just about checking in for the year. I love yearly checkups. 
So the other thing that you need to look for when you're looking for someone like me is are they desperate for clients? I know that sounds very sad, but there's a lot of people that do this work that are more desperate. For me, I'm a healer. I'm not just an intuitive. So I come and work with people that come with me and we click. I've turned clients away. I didn't used to, but I do now. And so there's a big difference on if the energy matches, then you should work with them. And then lastly, there is an element to the cost of what you're buying. Please try not to be driven by the cheapest one you can find. There's nothing wrong with a good bargain in everything. Just know that cost does separate to a certain extent expertise. Do you understand what I'm saying, Delilah? Yes. Well, it's it's just like anything. You get what you pay for. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it's it's great to find something on sale and and you end up putting your sessions on sale or giving, you know, giving away discounts and specials throughout the year. So people need to keep up on your website to to see, you know, when is the next time that you will be running something. Um but this takes me back to a question that, you know, we've discussed this before, but maybe you can explain to listeners, what is intuitive health and what what determines good intuitive health? And, and you know, I like to look at this. This is part of um, your complete wholeness, your complete mind, body, spirit health. And we can't really have one without the other. That is something I've learned through years and years of of going to different types of doctors and usually physicians. And But I'm finding now, and, and it's very good, that there are a lot of just what we consider mainstream physicians who are now embracing a lot of the alternative methods and they're now embracing the fact that Yes, we need to work on the body, but we also need to work on your mind and your spirit as well to make wholeness. I believe that the subconscious part of ourselves, that subliminal side that is in each one of us, which is undeniable. I mean, you cannot not believe in the subconscious and the unconscious mind. That's just a given. I mean, let's just put that on the table. When you talk about wholeness and wellness of a person, we have to include that aspect of the equation. So when I look at things, I look at the mind, I look at the mind as the conscious and unconscious aspects. When I look at the body, I look at the conscious and the unconscious. And with the spirit, we have the conscious spirit, which is more religion, more group, more patterns, more rituals, that kind of stuff. And then the unconscious part of our spirit. So for every conscious part, there's a subconscious part. And we have been so aggressively working on 
assertively healthy, you know, getting uh, optimal health on the conscious part of ourselves, we've really neglected that subconscious part. And what I mean subconscious part is the subconscious things we have in our minds. Dreams is a perfect example. Things come out in our dreams that break through through our unconscious mind, and that's why people are so enamored with it, because it does exist, but how do you make that part of yourself healthy? So when you're talking about optimal health with physicians and things like that, they're starting to add energy work, quiet massage, transdental meditation, massage, Those kind of things are what makes intuitive health health. The only example that I can show that that is very poignant right now in the world, and when we talk about intuitive health, I'm talking about the individuals, I'm talking about community, and I'm talking about groups. So not only do you look at the individuals, but you have to look at the group. So with all this stuff that's coming out with diversity and the problems that we're having and not getting along and and those kind of things that need to be fixed, that problem has been there forever. But it's bubbling up through our our subconscious minds and starting to show this is what we need to work on. This is what intuitive health is very good at because it uncovers what the real root of a lot of problems are, a lot of challenges to mental health, physical health, spiritual health, because our societies are in spiritual weakness. We're having a problem. And of all the things that work together, our spirit side is the most wounded. So when you talk about intuitive health, you really have to make a conscious effort to heal that part of ourselves. And I think the world began, was thinking for a very long time, the subconscious part of ourselves will take care of itself. We don't need to work with it. We don't need to worry about it. We don't need to do exercises like meditation, yoga. Why do you think all this is coming up now? Because we finally realized in order to be a balanced human being, we've got to work on that intuitive health, which means the subconscious, the extra perceptions, the sensory perceptions, the unseen part of ourselves. Well, and don't you think that our society worldwide, and especially I think in our country, we've seen a shift from community awareness to self-awareness that we've we've isolated ourselves from the community in a lot of different ways and it it's somehow made us selfish people and everything is about my needs what do i need what do i want and it's all about me 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 instead of developing this power so to speak that you can use it to help other people within your community. It's not something that you want to just learn about yourself and develop for yourself. It's, it's really, you know, it's really more of a universal thing. Yeah. I'm thinking about it because 
the point that you're making is very good. And the word that comes to me is everybody does talk about self-awareness now. You know, you have to be very self-aware. But what exactly does that mean when you start living a life of self-awareness? Number one thing that people come to me a lot and say is, I just want to be happy. I just calm. I just want to feel quiet. And these are people, mind you, that have anything they want in the physical. They have 10 boats. They have three houses. They've got good kids. They've got everything material, and they're still not happy. This is what self-awareness is about. This is about where you can find true happiness. So when you're working on your intuitive health, it's bypassing all the physical parts that we think will make us happy and tapping into a part that truly makes us content. There's a huge difference between contentment in the world and being happy. And I think the human spirit and all of us has the urge, the want, and the need for self-awareness which eventually takes us to complete contentment. And when you find contentment, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You feel peace and understanding about all the process. That's, and how do you take that from, you know, how do you take that from your self-awareness and, and, take it out into the community. And it may be just one person at a time. It may not be, you know, you don't have to go out and, and find a cause or, or get involved in a cause. It, it could be just something very simple with a neighbor or with a friend. Well, I think that's the ultimate goal of the whole thing is to find that contentment within. And I think that's why, I get a little frustrated, Delilah, when, you know, you've got people out there doing this kind of work and they don't understand what it is they're trying to give to other people too. So when you go to a fortune teller, you go to a psychic or a mystic or a paranormal kind of person, they're giving you aspects of yourself and something to look at, but it doesn't force you to go deeper within yourself. And the work that I do is always reverting back to that inner core of quiet. So when people, like we talked last week, so when if everybody starts doing that, there's a ripple effect. You start treating people better you don't say mean things to people you don't carry around anger because you begin to understand anger is just a human condition it's not real and so when you look at all these things that are going on anger and aggression and and all these things we're doing to each other Intuitive health means that you're able to see that for what it is. That doesn't define a person. What defines a person is that self-awareness to not say nasty things to other people. Self-awareness is to start learning how you're supposed to be giving back. 
Because everybody gives back. Everybody has a purpose to teach the next person something. But we're so busy fighting each other for the position of power over others, we don't see that we each have the power to help another person get better. So when you have a society like that, that's so what I call surface dwelling, it's just like a rotating ball that gets quicker and quicker and hurts more and more people. So when you're doing work like this, and I encourage people to find somebody like me, but be smart about it and figure out, go into it with the idea that you want to do something better for yourself, somebody else. Totally agree. And where would someone find you if they wanted to book you for a session? Well, you know, I'm around. You can find me at my website, which is Jillian Moss Backman, or you can email me at Jillian at JillianMossBackman.com. You can get me through ImaginePublicity.com, and you can find me on Twitter, and you can find my radio station at Change Already on Twitter. There's lots of different ways. And you know what's funny is that I have never looked for clients. I'm the kind of person that always asks the clients to energetically come to me. So if you find me, and I'm easy to find, I don't hide out. Do I, Delilah? Not at all. (laughs) You are very easy to find. That's right. Well, let me rephrase that. Um, my friends get a little frustrated with me because I go through these bouts of not wanting to be found. So I will basically get off the map for a week or two and people get really frustrated because they can't find me because I believe in divine timing for everything. So I am easy to find except the times I don't want to be found. Let's put it that way. Well, I think we'll all go through periods like that. We have to do that because sometimes you just have to back off and recharge so that you can come back better. Yeah, and it's the truth. And listen, my work is pretty heavy work. I mean, I could go a different way. In other words, I could do the easy work that other people do in this industry. And it would be a lot easier because I could not have to worry about the presentations of the words that I say to people, just throw things at them as it comes like unfiltered conscious stream of consciousness that comes to me during my sessions. I could throw that out. I could drop bombs on you and send you on your way and not feel bad about it. But that's not the kind of sessions I do. The kind of sessions I do are very, I don't want to say they're intense, but they're goal-oriented, if that makes sense to you. And so by when I do a lot of them in, a, in consecutive order, I get tired. It's a lot of work. I really put a lot of effort into my career. I work at it very diligently like everyone else. So you can find me <laughs> when I'm on 
And then when I'm not on, don't panic, I'm around again, right, Delilah? I always pop up like a dandelion in the in the lawn. Uh, you're like a rose. <laughs> you know, my friend, she's an herbalist, and she's always saying, you know, you can eat dandelions. Dandelions are so good. And I used to say, you're crazy, lady. So we'd be out, and we'd come across a dandelion, and she'd pull it <laughs> eat it and I'm like oh lord but I've gotten to the place where I even love dandelions very healthy for you so whether a rose or a dandelion I seem to pop up here and there I guess the thing I want to say to people is I don't want you to get discouraged if you go to somebody that you don't like or you don't get information that is settling to you and it doesn't feel right, don't take the information. You know, one of the things I tell all my clients when I start working with them is I give them a a big disclaimer. Now, we're going to go through a lot of stuff. Filter through it yourself. Listen to everything. Take everything else, but run it through your own self-awareness. And whatever feels right to you, run with it. And the parts that don't feel right right now, let them simmer and let them catch up. You know, a lot of times in my sessions, I'm like two to three to four years ahead of the game. So people are kind of think I'm crazy and they, they leave a little confused because it's like, I, you know, I, I don't believe that. I'm not sure about that. And I caution people to just stay in the moment. Just believe in what you get, trust in what you receive, and work with it. And eventually it all comes to pass. I can't tell you how many clients have called me and said, you know, man, I I thought you were crazy until it lined up with what we discussed, and then they know what to do. Very important information. And and again, it's, it's just like going to a physician you're going to go into a physician's office and some you're going to like and you're going to connect with and you're going to be very happy with and the other side of the coin happens as well there's sometimes you're going to go and you're not going to like you're not going to get the attention that you feel that your body needs and you move on if you you have no obligation to stay there so yes it's it pays to shop around until you find exactly what it is that's going to help you. And I get really frustrated with that because don't clump me together with everybody else. You know, that's the frustrating part I get, Delilah, is that, you know, people say, oh, when they find out what I do, oh, you read palms, you're a tarot card reader, you You know, it's like I don't do any of that kind of stuff. Now, do I like palm readers? I do like palm readers. That that science to me is very interesting. Do you like it? You know, I I did have my palm read once, long, long time ago. (laughs) And you know, it was one of those little ladies that did it out of her house, like you know. Sister Rita or whoever, and um, <laughs> it was it was interesting, and and I I don't think I went there with any particular question in mind. I was just young, 
but it was quite interesting. And, and then she also read tea leaves. And she told me that the person that I was seeing was going to give me a ring. And we were going to get married. And I was like, you're kidding. <laughs> but you know what? It ended up happening. So, you know, I got to give Sister Rita credit for that. <laughs> she picked See? up on it. That's the great thing about this industry is that a lot of times you do kind of have to go with your gut, I think. Like, you know, something inside of you pulled you to go see Sister Rita. And I like palmistry. I actually, I like going to other other people. Now, I don't go to certain ones. And I really go by my energy. You know, I really go with my gut feeling and I listen and, you know, there's one or two people in the world that I think are extraordinary that I listen to, but I do like Palm because it's right in front of you and you can see it. It's more like a science, you know, when you get more to the intuitive side, you have to be more subjective and more visceral in your feelings that you're getting and really pay attention to what's in your gut. You know, and, and I've had clients that I just like, no, this is not going to work. One, because you're not ready. And two, because you're going to find fault in everything I say. And so I don't work with those kind of people anymore. I used to. I don't because I don't because they're not they don't they don't want to change. And well, so, I think that's know, important in any client based business is not, you know, you're not going to mesh with everybody out there. So don't feel bad about rejecting someone that you just don't feel you can work with. You've turned clients away, haven't you on on that? It doesn't feel right for your gut or doesn't feel that it's a good match. Oh, many times. And, and, you know, you learn that over the years of doing business like that. And it's, you have, certain people that come to you and you try and try and try to work with them and it just no one's goals are being met no one is happy so you know at that point it's time to cut the ties and move on and I run my my business like a business like that you know and I you know it's hurtful when people when you're doing your best and it's a subjective kind of business that I'm in that people can call me whatever they want and they can make a judgment call because the only way to show relevance and that it helps in someone's life is time. Because a lot of the messages and information that comes through takes time. And because people want immediate gratification and they want it now, a lot of times they don't connect what I'm saying with them and working with them until after it happens, which may be long gone. And so for me, it's a hard kind of business to be in a lot of times because I don't get the accolades a lot of times. Either they'll come back and they'll want to be clients of again, or they just keep moving. And so I never really know, are they coming back because they didn't get the information they wanted, which is usually what it is. Or they didn't like what they got. 
Well, that could be true as well. I mean, I think that's another thing we have to realize is that when we're when we're doing this soul searching development of um, another way of perceiving ourselves, it's not always going to be good things that you're going to see. You're going to have to see the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then learn what to do with it. That's the whole point of the exercise, isn't it? And I think a lot of times with psychics and fortune tellers and mediums, they can just give the information and keep moving because you'll probably never see them again, or you may see them six years from now. And so they don't have to feel responsible for taking the information that they gave you. For me, I see my clients over and over again. So there is a level of responsibility on the part of the professional. And when you don't have a relationship with them, you know, they don't have to worry about what they're telling you because at some level they don't care. Right. And that, that makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, again, whoever is is seeking out this kind of help has to be serious about it it's it's not always entertainment it's very serious business it is serious business and i had one client it's a very sad story and i'll keep it very brief he he had cancer and for years and still is there is a connection between the diseases and things that you create in your body that at some level you've allowed yourself to be get there or you've allowed, you know, you've, you, there's been a weakness in all areas, mind, body, spirit, which creates disease. Okay. I can buy into that. Okay. But this client of mine was pretty sick and he came to me and he was in tears and some other person some other intuitive slash healer had told him that he was solely responsible for everything that he was going through with the cancer. And he was a young man and he, and he looked at me and he had tears rolling down his eyes, Delilah. And he said, is that true? He said, am I the one that created everything in my body and that it's all my And I said, that's ridiculous. And I said, that's why people need to really look at who they're going to. Because I had to undo what somebody else had told him and let him just keep moving. The lesson here is that this is serious business. And I believe that whether you go to any healer, psychic, medium, or intuitive, you have to shop around and find the best fit that works for you. I totally agree with you. And I, I think you have to know the reason that you're going, that you're seeking out this particular person. What is the reason? Be truthful with yourself and find the one that's going to be best for you, not just Sister Rita because she's down the road. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. Well, our time is up. And come back next week. We're going to talk about intuition and your physical and mental health, which we've kind of touched on a little bit this week. But Delilah and I want you to remember, always be safe and always take care of your inner heart. We'll see you next week.
Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before, just like Jillian.